Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got Mm -hmm. questions about today's episode, Mm -hmm. ideas for future episodes, no comment. No, 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 I'm just, I'm just agreeing. We we love listener feedback and we want, we want listener feedback. Please contact us. Please do. Two ways to do so, Father. I'm talking to you right now. Yes. Please contact us, wherever you are. Pull your car over to the side of the road. Pause the pause the podcast and send us an email with questions. Ignition at sfcatholic.org. I-G-N-I-T-I-O-N at sfcatholic. S as in Sue, F as in Falls, catholic.org. You can tweet at us using the Twitter handle at sfdiocese, but just slap on the hashtag ignition, and that way they'll know where to direct your tweet. Slap it on there. Just slap it on there. Go redhead. You are Father Andrew Dickinson. You said I said that already. We did. We did. I'm playing with your mind, aren't I? <laughs> Tell us more about yourself, I've, Father. I'm Father Andrew Dickinson, and I live in Dr. Chris Bergwald's head. Oh, it's just awful. Uh you tell me. Uh actually I don't I don't live in Dr. Bergwald's head. I'm just kind of messing with him here as we record. Messing uh, with my head. Yep. Uh I'm the priest director of the Pius XII Newman Center at SDSU in Brookings, serving the Catholic community and anyone else who wants to know about the awesomeness of Catholic life and sacraments. And then I also am the pastor of St. Paul's in White, South Dakota, a mission with a mission. Yes, you are. No, the the parish is a mission with a mission. Yeah, you the parish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, something personal representation of the parish because I'm the pastor. That's a little canon law for you uh, listeners of Ignition. You've just been educated in canon law by Dr. Bergwald, who is not a canon lawyer, just a mere theologian. So caveat emptor. Yes, exactly. Buyer beware. Uh, I am uh, the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the diocese, uh, and more importantly, husband and father. Um, so if you have questions about what we're talking about, hopefully we know what we're talking about. Uh, but Father gave the contact information earlier in the show. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about today is, um, let's see, earlier this summer, Father, we spoke about, we began this a mini-series. We're doing a mini-series here. Uh, we are. On Ignition, on on the the threefold office in t- in which of Jesus Christ in which every baptized Christian participates. But I, was, I just you use the word threefold office, yes. and sometimes I, I was expecting you to say the threefold munera. Munera. Yes. Would there be like a more technical word for threefold that you would use? Uh, there probably is, but I can't remember what it is right okay, now. You're okay. looking at me like I should know, but it's blanking on me. I'm kind of. I just it was curiosity. Is there one? I don't know. Oh, I don't think there is. Okay. The triple? Uh, the tri- well, the I was going to say triple. Really, uh, yeah. Um, if we use it in baseball, it's not a technical so, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Baseball is, anyway, we won't get off on that tangent. Um, Are you pro baseball? I, I, yeah. Okay, so am I. Good. Absolutely. Yep. It's, yep. it's the your... most Catholic of all the sports. It is. Um, we should talk about that sometime. We should. But not now. Oh. All the fall is upon us. A prophetic utterance. 
by Dr. Bergwald. <laughs> so a threefold office. Like what? What do you mean? What the heck? office that baptized participate? Let alone Mudra. Wow. Let's explain a lot of sounds came a little out bit. There. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What is all that? So Jesus, I was drinking from the fire hose. Totally. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna turn down the spigot a little bit. Um, Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of of. Well, everything that came before him, but but over over the course of the centuries, uh, we we as as Christians, as the church, have tended to identify uh, a number of things, but three in particular. We're talking about the office that Jesus has, so to speak. So he is the greatest prophet and the greatest priest, and he is the greatest king uh, ever, ever. Yes, um, he is the fulfillment of the better old, than Gandalf, even. Gandalf wasn't a king. No, he was a prophet. Oh, yes. But uh, so, so Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament priesthood, the Old Testament prophet, the prophetic office, and the Old Testament kingly role, the royal role. Um, he is all of those. And I each said King Leroy king instead Leroy, of kingly role. Kingly role. Yeah, King Leroy. Um, so Jesus is all of those, but we, because we are baptized, we are joined to Christ. We participate in his life but also in his mission and therefore in the offices which he fulfilled. So all of us, when we were baptized, whatever the age at which we were baptized, we were joined to Jesus Christ, priest, prophet, and king. And therefore we, in him, play those roles of priest, prophet, and king. We have a share in his mantle. A share in his mantle, yes, yes. Huh? yes. Just huh? like Elisha and Elijah in the Old Testament. Elisha, Elijah. Uh, so, so we, uh, in a previous episode, um, I should look up the number, but I don't remember right now, Father. We talked about how all of us participate in Christ's priestly office, how every baptized person, man, woman, child, um, is, is in Christ Jesus in some way uh, uh, a priest, where we offer something to our Heavenly Father in and through His Son for some purpose. First and foremost, His praise and glory, but for ourselves and, and those around us as well. Right, that was in episode 274. Thank you, 274. So today in 281, we're going to be talking about um, how, how we are also joined to Christ as prophet. Father, I think it's good to begin by talking a little bit about what prophecy is or what it means to be a prophet. And we, I think we, we see um, still a holdover of, of the, the, the Christian, Judeo-Christian origins, at least one of the origins of our society, when we hear a lot today about speaking truth to power. Right. Um, that really gets at the idea, the biblical idea of what prophecy is. Very much so. And like in many political movements, the people want to claim the mantle of prophet for themselves. Right. In this way that we are speaking truth to power in this situation, this predicament, uh, this political reality. Right. Right. And that actually gets at because I think if if we do what the I, when you when you say the word prophecy, I think what often comes to mind is telling the proof, telling the the crystal ball, the future. Right. Exactly. Could you tell me the winning lottery numbers? Exactly. Right. Right. And that's but really the idea of speaking truth to power gets closer to what the nature of biblical prophecy really is. It includes from some future telling, oftentimes, but first and foremost, before it's future telling, it's truth telling. Right. So it's telling people. The truth, usually when they don't want to hear it. What? <laughs> I just thinking of like people that might use this, like me, uh, who might use this as an excuse to like throw insults at someone. <laughs> <laughs> we always speak the truth in love. Father. Four eyes. Nice. nice. I'm not going to reciprocate. I'm turning the other cheek. Way to go. 
Did you see that? I just did that. Way listeners, did you? I'm turning. Uh, my did cheek you see that, listeners? Yeah, yeah. He literally turned his I literally left that. cheek towards. Uh, me. <laughs> so, uh, so prophecy in the biblical sense to be a prophet in the biblical sense is to speak the truth to someone. Could, could we do a quick tangent, please? Okay, to prophesy, sy, yep, is the verb of telling a prophecy. Yes, cy, which is the noun. Yes. Yep. Yep. So just if you ever see it written down, oh, or if you ever oh, have to read, yeah. and uh, I believe when our Lord is in, in the uh, uh, gospel for the passion, when our Lord is being abused by some of the guards, uh, the temple guards, they're saying, prophesy, prophesy. Who struck you? Right. Uh, and that's S-Y, yes. which is the verb, and they're at yes. the verb. And so um, you don't have to say prophecy, prophecy. Yeah. Some people misread that. It's yeah. prophesy, yeah. prophesy. So last week it was a grammar lesson. Today it's a pronunciation lesson. We, we did grammar last week? Yeah. Commas. Periods. Oh, that's right. Commas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> uh, is the tangent over? Yeah, it is. It is. Over. And so over, over. and out. 10-4. Uh, so, so, so Roger it, Wilco. <laughs> what's your vector, Victor? Uh, what we're talking about with prophecy is 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 telling the truth. And, and again, there is some future telling, not just truth telling, because oftentimes scripturally, especially I think in the Old Testament, but also in the New with Jesus, mm-hmm. especially I think of when he's going to Jerusalem, um, this, it's often basically to, to summarize what the, 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 the paradigm, if you will, of prophes- prophesying, this is what's going to happen you if you keep going down this path. Right. Right. And so in that sense, when we name the truth, when we identify the truth, the future is always involved because the truth is fruitful. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, so what do you mean it's fruitful? Well, the truth is fruitful, that uh, uh, the truth bears fruit, and it, and it reproduces and it grows, whereas, uh, you know, unless they're artificially nurtured by uh, uh, media or someone like that, lies don't grow. Right, they don't grow. And so you're going to see the fruit or lack thereof exactly. either way. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, and so that's just, uh, uh, so like, Making a drawing a conclusion from truth might be a way that you talk about the future. So, right, I like to claim the mantle of the prophet, uh, in terms of my first year in Brookings and at White. I was telling people that the hardest part about being Catholic in the next 50 years won't be what we say about God, it will be what we say about being human, right? And I feel like the last eight years of that truth has really borne fruit, right. unfortunately. Unfortunately, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, so, so again, it's, it's what's going to happen if you keep going down this path. So that's where my, my wife, we have five kids. I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, my wife often says to our kids, stop going down this path. Mm. Uh, my kids say that to me now. <laughs> like if my voice starts to go up my seven year old, dad, you're going down the wrong path, going down the wrong path, dad. Like, no, but I, I I'm allowed to go down this path. My dearest daughter, be quiet. I've got a license to go down this path. I do. I was also thinking of the idea of, uh, in terms of like truth telling and like the truth bearing fruit when like parents just, you know, your face will freeze that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Exactly. But so truth telling. Truth. So going down the path. So, um, we are called, so again, that's what prophes- prophesying is. That's what prophecy is. is. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Um, way to go. That's what the verb, that's what the gerund, the gerund, prophesying, nice. prophesying, gerund and vocabulary. 
So if we are all prophets because of our baptism, we are all joined to Jesus Christ, and, and he is the prophet par excellence, therefore we are prophets in and through him, that means we have the responsibility to tell the truth. Right, right. Um, of course, to do it in love, but we're called as Christians, as, bapti- as the baptized, to tell the truth. And, that, and so we want to spend a little bit of time talking about what that means, that, that all of us have the duty to bear witness Think about on the witness stand to testify to the truth, both by the way we live our lives, by the deeds that we do or the deeds we don't do, but also by the words that we speak. Uh, and Father, this is where I'm reminded of a, a I, I, I'm pretty sure it's, um, uh, oh, it's a quote that's not really, never really said. What do you call that when it's, uh, anyway. St. Francis of Assisi allegedly said. Allegedly. Uh, that we are called to spread the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. Evangelize, spread the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. And that does in many ways summarize what authentic evangelization is. Both by the, the lives that we live and the words that we speak, we should spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Right. Go but at the same time, like words are necessary. Yeah, I think I do think that Father Catholics cuz I've used that quote for a long time. I kind of stopped using it because I think we we uh we uh, use it as a cop out. I'm just evangelizing by my actions. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, here's a smile. <laughs> I'm being nice. Yeah, here's a smile. I'm just uh, smiling. He didn't say never use words. He said when, when necessary. necessary. Use and words. but the problem is that that clause becomes a cop out to ever discern whether or not this is now the time of necessity to use words. Right, right. So we, so I think the, the point of the quote um, attributed to St. Francis is live it and speak it when you're called to. And you're listening to Words on Ignition, which is a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. Father Andrew Dickinson here, Dr. Chris Bergwald on the other microphone, and we're talking today about the uh, the baptismal offices are the second part, starting with Ignition 274, which was on the priestly office of the baptized. Now we're talking about the prophetic office of the baptized and the necessity of using words, which are all we have because this is an auditory Yes, our, deeds, our deeds are not going to manifest themselves. Well, I mean, words are deeds, though. They are. They are. They yeah. are. Yeah, like declaring uh, as a tangent, like declaring your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior is a, is a work. Exactly. Yeah, it's performative in nature. It does what it says. Yep. Uh, but anyways, and this is something that again we're all called to do. So the um, if, if this is something you're interested in reading more about, by the way, I should give you a reference to the Catechism, um, Catechism paragraph nine hundred four nine hundred four and following speaks about the participation of all the baptized in Jesus's prophetic office. And there's a quote uh, in 904 from St. Thomas Aquinas, Ooh, uh, who, like Thomas who Aquinas. was uh, a priest and a Dominican friar. But he said this, to teach in order to lead others to faith is the task of every preacher and of each believer. Ooh, burn. <laughs> To teach in order to lead others to faith is the task of every preacher. And we think, okay, good. Well, that's Father. That's your, you're a preacher. Oh, man. And of every believer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're all called to teach to lead others to faith. And so uh, did we talk about this last time? The idea that like these are things you'll be responsible for at the Day of Judgment? Oh, no, we didn't. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, so you'll be responsible for this <laughs> Day of Judgment. 
<laughs> we just talked about it now. We just All right, did it now. Check. Uh, unpack that a little bit. Well, uh, just if this is part of... So with your baptism, not only do you get rights, adoption, spiritual riches, grace, you also have responsibilities of living the baptized life. And one of your uh, responsibilities, uh, one of your tasks, as St. Thomas Aquinas says, is that you as a baptized believer should lead others to faith, teach and lead others to faith. And so if you do not do that, you are negligent in this task. If you don't apologize, repent of it, you'll be liable for it on the day of judgment. Right. So don't do the, be liable. So don't not do. Be, that, that, uh, <laughs> can we do that with like better grammar? No. Oh. But like grammar Nazis. So what I'm saying is uh, you better, we just got to take it seriously. Uh, the same thought is picked up in 905 in the Catechism. Lay people also fulfill their prophetic mission by evangelization. That is the proclamation of Christ by word and the testimony of life. For lay people, this evangelization acquires a specific property and peculiar efficacy because it is accomplished in the ordinary circumstances of the world. What does that mean, Father? Because you don't expect it. What? Well, it's efficacious. It's efficacious. Yep. It's effective because you don't expect it. You don't expect the person next to you on the assembly line at uh, Larson Windows to start saying, hey, how's your faith life going? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, peculiar. I don't, why, why do they call it peculiar, though? Yeah. I, 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 That's a peculiar choice of words. Peculiar choice of words. But uh, can I look up the meaning of the word peculiar as you read on? <laughs> well, uh, okay. I will read on, and then I want to go back myself. But Strange, odd, or unusual. The Thank you. The catechism goes on to say, this witness of life, however, is not the... So- this is getting at the point we were making with a quote from St. Francis. The witness of life is not the sole element in the apostolate. Mm. The true apostle, so that includes the laity, is on the lookout for occasions of announcing Christ by word, either to believers or to the faithful. Either to unbelievers. Sorry, either to unbelievers or to the faithful. So, in other words, all of us, all of the baptized, including the, the the lay faithful, are called to not just live it, but speak it as well. Which is exactly the mission of Ignition. Is that what you say at the beginning of each show? I, I think it is. Yeah. We want, want you to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and... To invite others to live it. Exactly. Hopefully we're doing it. We're cataclysmic. <laughs> yes, we are. So, Father... Catechismic? We, so, the catechism is being pretty, pretty clear that we're called uh, both by our deeds, but also by our words to speak Christ, to lead others to him. Even talking about the catechism really quick, can you give me like a one-sentence thing for your listeners of what the catechism yeah, is, just in question. case you don't know what the catechism uh, is? The, the catechism is basically uh, a summary of the Catholic faith. Great. So, if you want to know what the Catholic Church teaches on about any topic you'll find it catechism. Another way I like to think of it, the catechism is the fruit of the church's 2,000 years of reflection on scripture and hmm. tradition, on divine revelation. That's a pretty good way to say it. So, um, What else do you think, Father, would, would is important for us to keep in mind when it comes to the prophetic role that we all play? Well, I think if you really want to enter it, so you know, maybe with our comments about judgment, our quotes from the catechism, you know, hopefully you might feel a little convicted that this is a responsibility of mine to live out this uh, office of 
This, bap- this office I received in my baptism, the office of the prophet. Okay. To speak the truth into the world. Okay. Uh, to do some truth telling of my own. Uh, instead of just yarn telling. Yarn telling? Yeah, good yarn. Spinning yarns. Yeah. Stories. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so, but if you want to do that, just a little warning to the listener that this will require from you uh, courage and wisdom. Oh. Yeah. Dope. Why? Well, I mean... First of all, to tell the truth, sometimes the truth isn't always welcome. Even when you try to tell the truth in love, it's not always received well. There's an antagonism towards it. There's a reluctance to hear it. There's anger about hearing it. We just had recently the feast of the beheading of St. John the Baptist uh, Memorial, technically. But uh, who, again, spoke truth to King Herod about his unlawful uh, unnatural marriage to the wife of his brother. Yep, And... Uh, Yet we hear how Herod hated, but was fascinated with him at the same time. Yep. And so if you want to speak the truth, it's going to take some courage. Uh, that, and this one is, is hard for me, Father, because I, I'm, I love to argue. I love to persuade. So I, my, my default, if you will, is that if I just find the right words, right. they're, they're, they're going to buy in. No. I feel your pain. No, they're not no. necessarily. No. I remember when I had a, a young experience of that, which is coming back more and more. When I was in college and was first really embracing my faith, uh, I was explained to a Lutheran neighbor in the residence halls who is also in the same degree program as me, chemistry, about the saints and the honoring of the saints and things like that. And he's like, okay, yeah, I understand. It makes sense, but I don't believe it. I don't buy it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dude. Yeah. It, what more? There's got to be something I can say. No, no, there's not. Yeah. I pray for him. Which is better though than two because I can't argue them, but I could bring them into it. So exactly. So so um, that's why we need courage because there will be opposition. Right. So we need that courage, and also to even just the the fear of opposition. So like with the college students, I think this is true probably for anyone. If you haven't talked about truth or God in relationships in your family in your extended family with others, uh, making that first step, it's a doozy. Yep. Yep. I like to say faith really does feel like you're falling sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Okay, so courage, why wisdom? Wisdom, uh, to know the right time to say things. Yeah. Kind of going back to the supposed St. Francis of Assisi quote, uh, to preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. But it is necessary, and wisdom is required to tell you like, when's the time to say it. Right. And usually, if it's you, if you really don't want to say it, that's the time to say it. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if like, oh, I really don't want to do this. I'm just going to get in. They're just going to be so mad. They just don't want to hear this right now. That might be the time you're real, especially if your personality is to not be confrontational. Yeah. That's, it, yeah. Yeah. If you have a non confrontational personality, that's really like the time you're supposed to do it. Last weekend, episode 280, we talked about retreats and, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. we, we, we pull away from the, the, the daily battle of life to spend more time talking with God, but how, how we should daily uh, be praying. And to me, this is one reason why. So that if the more and more we're attuned to the communication of get to God, what God's will is, we'll recognize his promptings when he is asking us to speak. The infused wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And exactly. so you're baptized, you're confirmed, you're in the state of grace, and you feel that urge to talk to someone else, to speak some truth, to tell some truth to someone, to prophesy, and you don't want to, that might be very well the time that you're supposed to. Exactly. So you just went through... Um, you're in a state of grace, et cetera. You've been baptized, confirmed. So you're getting there to me to, to some of the, the spiritual requirements of the office yeah, of prophet. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, the, the uh, baptism and confirmation, it's objective, too. It's not spiritual in the sense. Right, yeah. right, right. But, um, but does require spirituality if you want to embrace that role of the prophet and to prophesy prophecies. Huh? <laughs> well said. <laughs> then uh, you need to cultivate a couple things spiritually in yourself. Number one is a, so- a stable footing on the love of the Father. Uh, number two, to be freed from earthly expectations. Number two, to be free. I think I said number three. Number two, to be freed from earthly expectations. Number three. Attachments, maybe. There we go. Earthly attachments. And number three, to be, I got so worried about my numbers. <laughs> I forgot what the other things. Number two, to be freed from earthly attachments. Number three, to be willing to experience the loneliness Jesus felt. Right, right. So, uh, and I think all of those, Father, works in progress, maybe. But oh, totally, you, totally. But you need to be progressing. And actually... To live out your baptismal identity, priest, prophet, or king, which we haven't talked about yet in a future episode of Ignition, uh, they will increase those spiritual realities the more that you live them. Right, right. The yeah. yeah. more that you dare to live these offices, uh, the opportunities for growing in these spiritual realities will come forth. So of the three, Father, standing on the love of the Father, being freed from earthly attachments, and willing to experience the loneliness of Jesus, we've got about two minutes left. Which one would you like to highlight a little little bit standing on the love of the father okay because it really ties into the other two okay and so when we're when we're firm that god is a good father and we're really convinced and converted to that fact because it's one of the lies that's told to us quite often is that god is not a good father and that he will not take care of us um so when we stand on that fact on the love of the father we learn to be, to really grow and trust in that that he will provide that he will take care of us then we're able to be courageous against that earthly attachment because right. it's earthly attachment. Oh, I don't want to lose this person's friendship, so I will swallow the truth. I will deny them the truth so that I can keep their affection for me. Right, right. And that's, if that makes sense? It does, it yeah. does. So deny the truth for this person so that I can have their affection towards me. I think I, I think there, too, just the, the, uh, the, the very human analogy of a father literally with their young child. And maybe the child's afraid to do something. Right, ride the bike. But but when when their dad is there, when their parent is there, walking with them or running along beside them, in the mm-hmm. case of the bike, they're able. Even though they're afraid, they're much more willing to do it as opposed to if if dad just kicks them out, it's like go oh, ride the bike, right, right. And and so with that, then we can dare to live like Jesus, and sometimes dare to be alone. Because we know that we're standing on the love of the Father, right. and that the Father is good, and that the Father will do what He has said. And so Jesus, uh, not afraid to lose earthly attachments. Yep. Uh, who is my mother? Who is my father? Right. Um, but uh, uh, that he's able to go forth in that way. And so that, that really kind of connects back to the love of the father. So, so again, we're talking here just as we, as we wrap up about how we're priest, prophet, and king in Jesus. And when it comes to prophet, the importance of speaking the truth um, it, it, but we can do so when we are deeply rooted, when we're aware of the Father's intense love for us. And with that, we will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag Ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.